This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, back in action. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not insult half of Hawaii yesterday, Joe Biden, taking a tour out to survey the damage in Maui. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And uh, it did not go well. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. I think pretty much everybody in Maui feels that way, although at least he did show up. It's only been about 13 days since he folded up the lawn chair, flew out to Maui. It's since been uh, reopened. He's back in Tahoe having (laughs) another vacation. People are fired up about this one. We're going to discuss it on a busy track meet of a show today. John Rich is going to be in the house. Country music superstar. It is an embarrassment of Radio Rich's. We're also going to talk with Nate Foy, Fox News superstar reporter. And of course, Kevin Walling, who himself was a surrogate on the 2020 Biden campaign. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. (laughs) Well, at least the surrogates go to work. Give him credit. Biden. Pound for Pound has the best work-life balance you've ever seen. We're going to discuss it in this hour. 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of this historic second day of broadcasting on KTUC Freedom 1400, conservative talk for Tucson. We are, of course, also making it to day two on KYD-TFM in Pine Haven, Wyoming, and KBFS in Belfouche, South Dakota. Dirt Road Radio in the house. And if you bet the over in Vegas... Uh, On us lasting a second day, you made money. But regardless of where you're listening, one of our over 150 affiliates around the country, uh, all are welcome to call in. We have no real ground rule. There's no point of entry to the program. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, man. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. You could be a Libertarian. You could be independent. You could be a member of the Whig Party. Nobody really cares. All we ever ask is that you don't be a... There it is. Happy Tuesday. It's the beat rolls on. It's a busy week for your radio buddy. I am hosting Fox News Saturday night this coming Saturday at 10 p.m. Uh, that is assuming I get out of Vegas in one piece this Friday night. I will be at the Green Valley Ranch. There are a handful of tickets left. If you want to see Kennedy and myself play a little blackjack and probably, let's be honest, head down to the blood bank at the end of the night, sell a few pints so we can get money to fly home. That can't be good. Yeah, every time Vegas and I get together, you know those on-again, off-again relationships that you have in your youth where you you know get back with somebody every six months just to remind yourselves why you weren't together for the previous six months? That's me in Vegas. Every time we get together, uh, it does not end good. Usually not friends by the end of the night. Uh, almost getting violent towards each other. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Good advice from them. (laughs) But let's stay focused for a second, because now is not about my relationship with Las Vegas, Nevada. It is about Joe Biden's relationship with the people of Maui. Biden sucks. It was a bad one yesterday. And I got to tell you, man, it's familiar terrain. 
and that he told that absurd story about his kitchen almost sort of might have burnt down because he put a hot dog in the microwave with tinfoil on it or something or other. Biden's been telling the story for 20 years. It's been debunked for 20 years. Okay, but understand, when you're showing up to an island that's actually lost everything, okay, at a time when there were over 800 people missing and a hell of a whole lot of children, which really just breaks your heart, and we're not getting straight answers on that, this idea of him invoking his almost tragedy in the face of actual devastation, it speaks to a level of tone deafness and just a level of weapons-grade stupidity that sadly has become a hallmark of this administration. Biden would basically be the guy I grew up in New York. There were these annoying people after September 11th, the biggest domestic terror attack in the history of the country. Okay, Biden would be one of those guys that would show up and tell you how he would have died if he did 33 things different that day. Well, I normally take the one train, but if I had taken the two train that day and I had left earlier than my regular 9 a.m. stop, get him out of here. Get him out. You're just like, dude, shut up. Nobody cares. We don't need to sit here and imagine your hypothetical trauma in the face of real drama. And I get that it's attempt to bond with people, but the problem is he's dealing with such a stunted level of communication skills at this point that it only comes off as him being a tone-deaf idiot. Like, he got off the plane yesterday, starts petting a dog, and then starts remarking about how the dog's got boots on. You know, look how hot the ground is. Are you stupid or something? Dude, the whole town burnt down. Okay, you showing up and making jokes about how hot the ground, like seriously, what's next? Are you going to go visit Pearl Harbor and order a round of kamikazes at the bar? I mean, come on. Biden is such a disaster. Ah, the ground's hot. I mean, you guys would know about that. But then he tells this story. So I'm going to give you some of the clips. But the truth is, if you listen to this show every day, okay, you know the whole hook of the show is like America. I'm an old school talk show host. I'm not I'm not an activist. It's not my job to influence the way you vote. Okay, if the fate of our democracy is depending on me, a guy who went to community college, who plays video games in his 40s. Okay, if I'm the only thing standing between us and the ruination of this country, here's a newsflash. We're all screwed. You are correct. But the point I always try to make in giving us like I always say it's an audio safe space For cool people. You could just show up. You don't have to agree. I'm not going to chase you off the phone. We're just, you know. Do you remember the old school remedy we used to have when people didn't agree on things politically? When someone told a joke too far or someone took a different opinion than yours at a dinner or a get-together? We had this thing we used to do back in the day. It was called chill the out. That's what this show is. Three hours a day of chill the out. That's what we need. Okay, it's not a call to arms. It's a call to just relax. Seriously, it's a call to the beer fridge is what it is. But even that's become contentious because Bud Light went and did what? They put Dylan Mulvaney on the side of a can. So now you only order Bud Light if you want a set of nuts with it. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But the point is, when I talk to you, It's kind of a state of the union, but it's, you know, a constant reminder because you don't hear it a lot in media anywhere. We're all teammates right now, whether you're Republican or Democrat or Libertarian, Independent. We all live in the same country. As the country goes, we go. 
So as divided as we are politically, the fact that we're using everything as a wedge issue to bludgeon each other senselessly over is why we're falling behind as a country. We're fighting the wrong battles. We're fighting each other so much harder than we're fighting our common enemies, okay, that there are from time to time things that elude us in terms of progress because we're not focused on what matters. Like right now you live in a country where we've had a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. That should be, I don't know, one Number two priority, that and the border. Okay, it's overwhelming critical infrastructure, not only in the border towns, but in cities all around the country. And it's going on. Why? Because they rescinded a very effective system of deterrence at the southern border and have gone so far to do so that Biden is now selling off remaining pieces of the border wall to stop the Republicans from passing legislation in the House that would ultimately force them to complete the border. You have no idea how to defend a nation. None. And he has no idea, despite Jill Biden telling us empathy was on the ballot in 2020. Do you remember when Jill Biden said that? Empathy's on the ballot. Oh, shut up, woman. Dude, the beach is on the ballot. Joe Biden has spent 60 percent of this vaca- of this presidency, sorry, hanging out on the beach. When Maui was burning, he was hanging out on the beach, taking a nap, taking it easy. But the point is, the way we do politics now has taken the focus off so many things we should be investing all of our energy into. Okay, the border would be a big one, obviously. The fact that inflation got to where it went. I mean, gas is stupid. You know, you got to turn tricks behind the gas station to afford a gallon of gas right now. I love it when you talk dirty. But the point is, okay, we should be, as Americans, invested in that greater good of like, oh, this isn't working out. We've got this guy who came in. He's kind of a doddering fool. He doesn't necessarily know where he is half the time. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Uh, You know, think about that. 70% of the country thinks he's not cognitively fit for office. Yet we're sitting here entertaining the idea that he might run again in 2024. You understand, if we as Americans are prioritizing a greater good, this is not admissible in the court of public opinion. There's no world where we go, ah, no, we'll nominate him anyway. Sure, he shakes hands with invisible people. It's not a big deal. Just because he's the only president who takes more time to exit a speech than he does to give one doesn't mean we shouldn't give him another go at it. But we do that. Why? Because you on the left hate Republicans so much, it's become a team sport. It's more important to beat the other party than it is to prioritize a greater good. And I don't doubt liberals in the audience feel the same way about the fact that Republicans seem like they're on the verge of nominating Donald Trump. You go, how can you do that? The guy's been indicted four times. Obviously, there's nuance to it and the fact that we've lost a lot of faith in the criminal justice system. But the fact remains we're not having a greater good conversation. When an island burns down and there's 800 people missing and a lot of them are kids and we don't have answers, we don't need a guy showing up and attempting to bond with people by telling stories about the pretend house fire he once had back in his old house. But here he is. Uh, This is clip 21. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. 
And the expression is, God made man, then he made a few firefighters. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. I don't know what's going on there. But you're standing in front of a village full of people who've lost everything. Everything. Homes, pets, relatives, children. I mean, children. My God. Yeah, I know what it's like. I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. This guy's a serious ass. Dude, nobody cares about what you almost lost. They lost everything. But we've accepted this. It's like, nah, this is, you know, that's what you do with a president of the United States. Every time he opens his mouth, we all hold hands on the sidelines like we're watching a game-winning field goal attempt. And we don't know if the ball is going to go left or right or straight. We all take a knee. We hold hands. It's like watching a, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's like watching the Buffalo Bills kick a game-winning field goal. It's like trotting out Scott Norwood at the end of the Super Bowl. Every time Biden opens up his mouth and then you get just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. The idea of, oh, I, know, I know what you're going through. No, you don't know what they're going through, because thankfully, by the grace of God, you didn't have to go through it. But this should never be acceptable. Just even the fact that it was, took 13 days to get him off the beach and go. Okay, do you remember how hard they pillaged George W. Bush after Katrina because he flew over it? Okay, oh, hell, I can't believe Joe Biden was, like, literally sleeping. They said Bush was on the wrong side of the—Joe Biden was literally on his side. Then he rolled over and was on the other side. Then he showed up 13 days later and was like, yeah, I know what you're going through. Because here's a pretend story about my microwave running a little hot or there was lightning involved. And I got home. They had it under control in 20 minutes. Never mind, as a former cab driver, the transportation achievement that would be doing meet the press, having your house hit by lightning, getting home in time to see the blaze extinguished in 20 minutes. I got to tell you, as a guy who spent a lot of time in D.C., I got to throw the challenge flag on this 20-minute claim. Okay, but here's a little more Biden talking about the hot ground, clip 22. You guys catch the boots out here? What's the name? What's the name? That's the hot ground, man. Dexter. We're going to jump ahead to the next spot, okay, guys? Thank you. Good goodness. Now, listen, that's some hot ground there, guys. Oh, no, I got to tell you, that's hot. Just nobody wants to hear about it. It's stupid. It's tone deaf. I mean, what's the one upside to that interaction? Okay, yes, there was a dog. So it was nice to see somebody sniffing people besides Joe Biden. <coughs> but the point is, this shouldn't be acceptable. I'm not here to get you mad at Biden. I'm here to, if anything, I don't want you to get mad at anything. That's, you know, I am, for all intents and purposes, I try to be a force multiplier of positive energy. That's kind of my contribution to the political arena. You know, that and the fact that listening to the show every day leaves you thinking like you too could get a nationally syndicated talk show. You're like, well, that guy could get one. We could train an ape, pull it off. Uh, but the point is, nobody should be okay with what is representing us right now. Whether we're talking about this doddering idiot who's telling pretend stories about his house burning down or the number two Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! You know, we were told empathy's on the ballots. Good gosh. Okay, well, if he's back on the ticket in 2024, dementia is on the ballot, and we all deserve better. Introducing Dementia by Calvin Klein. Dementia. A fragrance that treats everybody like royalty. God save the queen, man. Dementia is bottled exclusively at the White House, but how they do it is anybody's guess. The best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. Dementia. One whiff and all the ladies will want you. 
dead or alive. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Dementia. Bold. We're changing people's lives. Affordable. Pay them more. Confusing. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot excuse me. Dementia. Dementia by Calvin Klein. Now selling at the White House and coming soon to... Nash County, uh... Excuse me. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And it's bad enough you got the president out there insulting half of Hawaii with his fire stories and his hot ground jokes. That was embarrassing. But then you got these other idiots pushing climate change like... Hawaii Senator Brian Schatz, who tries telling us, oh, this fire's the new normal. Here it is, clip 23. Well, I think we all have to understand that uh, severe weather events are going to get more frequent and more severe. Um, Hawaii is a place um, that has experienced volcanic eruptions and tsunamis and hurricanes and tropical storms. And we've had a few wildfires, but nothing that uh, threatened uh, a whole city. Um, nothing that flattened the whole city. And I just think this is the new normal for not just the state of Hawaii, but for the whole planet, for the whole country. So, you know, as we contend with increasing severe weather all the time, um, we're not only going to need to take action on climate, we actually need to be prepared in terms of our emergency response at the state, uh, local and federal level for um, the kind of uh, disaster that maybe you hadn't contemplated before. Democrats are so full of crap. Dude, do we have any proof whatsoever that what went on in Maui was caused by climate change? The answer would be no. And to be clear, we do know, and I'm sure you can point to some instances of extreme weather, we've never seen a type of climate change of all the things they've warned us about. We've been told about ice ages. We were told we were going to melt. Then we were just told weather's unpredictable, which here's a newsflash. It always has been. Uh, But I do sincerely doubt that changing weather patterns are what caused the human beings inside of the siren department to not use the sirens. I'm sure it was not climate change, although that ideology might have affected the decision on when they were willing to release water and when they weren't, and I know there's some debate over that. But the only data we have right now about climate change is that every time a Democrat brings it up, they pass around a collection plate. Please give us money. That's all that speech was yesterday, and I don't doubt it'll work on somebody. Pay up, suckers. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
<laughs> I'm dying. Another masterpiece from our next guest, not only a country music superstar, the man who started me on my Scully Western shirt phase. Did you? A lot of people don't know that. John Rich is here. The crowd goes wild. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. I wore my, one of my Scullys today just for you. First of all, that's a rad shirt. Second of all, so we haven't had this conversation. I meant to check in about this. I did catch some heat for wearing one of my Scullys in primetime. I wore a gold one. And it was like, caught heat for, oh, because they wanted you to look all, all suited up. <laughs> Like Mr. Corporate. Somebody, you know, listen, I'm allowed after 8 p.m., as I was telling you in the green room earlier. <laughs> yeah. I do dress like an affordable male stripper. Okay. I you know, bring out some flashy stuff, some rhinestones. You'll see some looks. Right. But right. Sometimes on the serious news programs, of course, they want me to look like an adult. Well, well there was a, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> but anyway. I, I, every time I see you, I still know who I'm looking at. So <laughs> whatever. There's, there's no fool in John Rich. No. He doesn't, he doesn't need the subtitles. You, underst- are, you are what you are, and I like it a lot, and so does everybody else. Oh, my man. You're buttering me up now. Well, you need no buttering on your end. Uh, you're back at the tippy top of the charts, which is amazing. Does it ever get old? No, it's actually this, – this one's really stunning. Yes. So you played a piece of I'm Offended, this, mm-hmm. this new song, but it's on a record called yeah. The Country Truth. Yep. Uh-huh. Well, it's one thing when your song goes number one, like a single, it's, yeah. you know, 99 cents or whatever. And that's a big deal yeah. still. But this, the whole record, yes. the whole record is at number one in all genres. Mm-hmm. It it went number one this past Saturday night. If we hold it in the number one position till the end of the day, Thursday, mm-hmm. that's when the chart ends for Billboard. And it will be in print as the number one record in America. So, I, no, I'm totally stunned, honestly, by it. That uh, is rad. Not something I thought I had a shot with, but the fans have responded, man. You're damn right they have. You want to know why, too, because you're speaking to a reality that we're living in. You know, when you're talking about being offended, everyone's exhausted. Nobody wants to live with a 24-hour law firm on call in their head 24 hours a day. And yep. to your credit, you're not doing that, and you're appealing to a lot of other people who aren't doing that. But there was a moment here where they had created a gap between what we believed to be true and what we were willing to say in public. Do you feel like we're finally taking that? Wow, that's back? a great way to put it. Yeah, that, the, that's absolutely what it is or uh-huh. what it was. Yeah, I think Americans are starting to realize holding my tongue and saying nothing as the world burns is not fixing it. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I need to start saying what I really think, and and some people aren't going to like it. Some will. Well, I hate to tell you, but that's what Americans are all about. We've never been the country that wanted to make everybody happy. If that was the case, the Founding Fathers would have just made a deal with with, uh, the King of England back in the day. That's not really how we do it. You know, I I find a a real parallel. I think it's why you and I get along so well. Comedy Mm -hmm. and music. Mm -hmm. You know, you write jokes, I write songs, but those are really the last two frontiers where you can speak absolutely unvarnished truth That's true. and still get it through to people and uh, mm-hmm. and they respond to it. Yeah, it matters because what happened is like we corporatized everything in the world. And I think the average person, they didn't sign up for that. They kind of got beaten into playing along on some level because the social pressure aspect of social media is like so intense. I mean, one of the hot button issues right now was obviously men swimming against women. And a lot of women initially went along with it because they yeah. didn't want to look intolerant. But then they quickly realized the only ones not being tolerated were them. Like right. there was, they had no say, you know, and it's crazy to me. I mean, on a superficial level. Guys like us probably grew up doing everything we could to get into the women's locker room. <laughs> Little did we know. <laughs> well, 
uh, unfortunately, some guys are willing to do even more than we were willing to do. <laughs> they took it a step and, further. Oh, they took it all the way there. <laughs> you talk about suffering for your art. Oh, yeah. You know, you might look back someday on your fashion choices and go, I can't believe I cut off the bottom of my jeans. <laughs> but there are things being cut off in 2023, you see. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, anything to get in the girls' locker room these days. <laughs> but I think, all right, so but this is the big point that I come back to when we focus on speech, Okay is it's twisted the compass in a way that words matter more than deeds to a lot of people. And I think that was like, if you look at the Jason Aldean song, the blowback was like, oh, look, he's singing about stopping these violent thugs. Shouldn't we be more concerned with the thugs than the guy singing about them? Right. That, that would be my take. Yeah, deeds, that, that's the problem with our politicians, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the right, Yeah. by the way, oh, the yeah. Republicans, as we're all watching them, the vast majority of them are nothing but talk and tweets yep. and posts, and they don't they don't do a damn thing. Mm-hmm. And we put them in there, and now they're what are they doing? They're sitting around tweeting. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of Americans are, are have we're waking up to the fact that yeah, uh, you almost really can't trust any politician at this point. Most of Washington, in the minimal amount of time I've spent there, is a uniparty. It's so gross. Yeah, they're on a gravy train. They're hanging out. Every they go year. on TV and fight like cats and dogs, and then they all go meet at the Capitol Grill, <laughs> and they have point. wine together and smoke cigars <laughs> and laugh at all of us how they're playing us. John Rich is in the studio. This is it. I've tried to explain this to people in the past. It's pro wrestling. So when you go to a pro wrestling match, the Hulkster and the Iron Sheik beat the hell out of each other in the ring, and when the fight's over, their fans fight in the, fight in the parking lot. Right. And the Hulkster and the Iron Sheik go to Hooters. Yeah. And that's that's politics. Yeah. We're beating each other up in the in, in the parking lot, and there the hoaxer and the Iron Sheik are going out. God rest his soul, the late great Iron Sheik. But that's what I think politics has become in a lot of ways. Uh, it's probably always been that to yeah. a large degree, but I think now people are waking up to the fact that, no, we, we're getting played for yeah. real. Yeah. We're really getting played. We've really been lied to this whole time, mm-hmm. manipulated, marketed to. Yep. And, that, you know, they're calling it the Great Awakening, like many, many millions of people from both sides of the aisle are going, hang on a minute, mm-hmm. something's not right about the way – uh, they told us COVID was, or, yeah. or something's not right about this Ukraine situation, or mm-hmm. something's not right about all these major subjects. They're not necessarily sure what they're looking at because yeah. they won't tell us the truth, but uh-huh. they know something's not right. And I think the fact that there's now a pause in the American people when it comes to blindly following mm-hmm. your party is yeah. a very good thing for our country. Now, that that I would agree with, too. John Rich in studio is a lot of that is attributed to, you know, you're either like stupid or you're in like a right wing cult. But the truth is the reason that people don't trust public health initiatives is because of how bad they were. Like they were wrong about everything. So right. you can't, you know, to attribute that to politics, knowing how many positions were taken, you know, whether we yeah. were talking about a mask or a vaccine or anything in between. And they were all wrong. So I think that great awakening you're speaking to is is, I think, uh, born out of people being more confident in their speech rights. Yeah. We used to by default trust mm-hmm. the FDA, Imagine. by default trust the CDC. By default, trust all these government organizations that are supposed to be the safeguards between us and anything that can get to us. And now we find out they're all a bunch of liars, manipulators, and profiteers yep. off of viruses, vaccines, and manipulating the general public. Uh-huh. And so we're going, oh, okay, so you're basically a bunch of scoundrels. That's what you are. <laughs> and so, so now true. when you, I think that those those – CDC, FDA, WHO, all that stuff now is basically like cuss words to people. That just turns your stomach regardless of your politics. So does that mean you're not getting your 37th booster? 
Well, I got the 36 last week. I think I'm done. I, I, now I don't trust them. So. <laughs> Is there anything funnier than when a politician gets COVID? Why do they make that announcement? Like, I just want to thank God I've been vaxxed and boosted. I've been vaxxed, boosted. I'm social distancing. And, I, and I'm like, give me a break. And they say they're getting ready to mask everybody again. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. I saw up. Paramount Pictures uh-huh. is now making everybody mask, and mm-hmm. here we go again. I don't think they're going to get the same response this time no. as they did the first time. No. Uh, nobody's on board, and I think that's the part that's bringing us to such we're, – we're coming to a flashpoint moment between the election and the fact that they're have aggressively prosecuting Trump, uh, which we should get to as well, and the fact that it does seem like there's this willingness to bring back a lot of COVID regulations that were wrong. Right. Why are they doing that? Well, I think they like that culture war. Like, I think they sell a lot of self-righteousness to their base. Like, the vaccine mandate is a good example. They bashed the vaccine on the campaign trail. And then post-Afghanistan, remember the Afghanistan troop withdrawal was such a disaster. Yep. They got out of bed in September and were like, ah, we're mandating the vaccine. But it gave their people someone to condescend to. Some, You know, a, you know they almost yeah, have like this that, moral superiority that crew, thing. crew, though, that group that still is jamming oversized Q-tips up their noses on their own to see if they've got COVID or not, that crew is shrinking by the day. I mean, they are a vast minority yeah. at this point. So, hey, have at it, Democrats. So <laughs> mandate the mask and see how that turns out for you. It's funny. Like, the Republicans are going to – we're running on, like, border security, cut taxes, get the streets under control. The Democrats are now appealing to the guy wearing a mask in his car. Right. <laughs> or a motorcycle. I saw a guy on a motorcycle by himself wearing a mask. I swear to goodness. Because that COVID is quick, man. you got to get up to 45 miles an hour to be safe. Listen, they make a lot of fancy things in those Chinese labs these days. They really do. Have they ever apologized to the bat community? Can they get <laughs> money for defamation? They give bats a bad name. <laughs> That's so funny. Poor Batman can't even show up anymore. Oh, he's totally screwed. Oh, it's amazing. We're talking to John Rich. He's in the studio. The world's on fire. We're just roasting some radio marshmallows now. Back to our analogy about a lot of Washington going along to get along. Do you find a little bit of have it both ways when it comes to Trump? Like Republicans are saying, like, oh, this is bad. They shouldn't be doing this. But at the same time, they're all kind of quietly hoping he probably goes to jail so they can win the nomination. <laughs> Don't you see a little bit of a needle threading oh, going you mean on? His, you mean his competitors hope he goes yeah. to jail so he yeah. can win the nomination? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see that. But here, here's how I see these indictments. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest thing that could have ever possibly happened. Mm-hmm. Now, people listening right now are probably going, has John Rich lost his mind? <laughs> no, let me walk you through this. Mm-hmm. What What is it about? Election integrity is one of the – indictments he's under. January 6th is something he's being indicted for. It's been on a federal level, state level, and now local level that a former president has been indicted. So this opens up Pandora's box. Yeah, This now allows Trump to go in and compel evidence, witnesses, and all the camera footage and everything you could ever possibly want and present it in a courtroom, in a court of law, on television, mm-hmm. must-see TV that makes O.J. Simpson trial look like, look like nothing, <laughs> look like a rerun. Finally, we're going to get to see what actually happened in all these situations. Mm-hmm. The American people get to really learn what happened. I think it's I think it had to happen for people to ever really learn the truth. Well, what you make an interesting point about that is that we in this country have a serious election integrity issue because, as everyone knows, the Democrats claim 2016 was stolen to the moon and back. 
okay? It certainly looks like some unorthodox things went on in 2020, to be clear. Uh, The best thing that could ever happen to this country is a referendum on election integrity, but they don't want that. So it's an interesting point that you make is that this could come back to bite them. Because right now, if you asked for an election into election or at least a a special counsel or some type of an investigation, they would tell you, oh, it's going to result in violence. We can't have that. You know, you're like a crazy insurrectionist. But don't you think it would be so helpful whoever won in 2024, however they wind up winning, if we actually did? have some type of a panel on legitimate election integrity? Yes, it would. And and like I'm saying, when you go into a courtroom, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. Everybody goes, I'll just sue you. Go, you know what? Fine, sue me. Because when you do, I get to get discovery on you. It goes both directions. Uh So Trump is sitting on his explanations and his, his evidence that he says he has regarding all these big issues. He's never been able to put it out because if he did, it would just get squashed anyway. But in a court of law, they get the right to compel everything that – remember the January 6th committee? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't show you the footage. They wouldn't let anybody testify. Nobody nobody that's rebutting anything was allowed in the room. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not going to be that way in a courtroom. That's going to be completely wide open on both sides. America deserves to see that. We're going to learn a whole lot through these indictments. That will be fascinating. The one thing I I would be shocked to find in January 6th footage is any of my supporters there only – because uh, I've, I hang out with these people. They couldn't make it up that many steps. <laughs> if there was like a tow rope. My guys, my guys would have been out in the other end of the parking lot drinking a beer and listening to George <laughs> Strait. They're like, ah, oh, y'all have fun. We're staying out here. The John Rich crowd would have been tailgating on the other side of the parking lot. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, listen, you're back on, at number one. I think that's amazing. The riding high in the scully. I've never seen that scully, but I might find one this like It's an old one. This scully's 15 years old, man. It's oh, an old scully. Why. Yeah, yeah. It's a vintage it's, it's, scully. It is concert worn. I bet I've done 100 shows in this shirt. Good for you. Yeah, man. But they're such good. I wanted to close on that. They're such good performance shirts. The fabric, the breathability, and there's just a real swag. And what I love about them, and this is, I want to give you credit for this. Like in big venues, they pop still. Yeah. And that matters. Like if you're doing a big theater or something like that. I'm in Vegas Friday night at Green Valley Ranch. Oh, it's a great Vegas shirt. Lo- yeah, that's what I'm saying. You Absolutely. can wear it in Vegas. You look great. Got to. It's not the best shirt to get pulled over in around here. Uh, <laughs> I've had some dust-ups. Uh, Are you profiled if you get pulled over in New York wearing a Scully shirt? <laughs> I want to know, man. That, well, that's the other reason I think Fox wants me to dress better in the morning, for real. Right. Is because I look and have the energy of a guy who's still out from the night before. Does it change your attitude or your or your uh, pitch when you're wearing a scully versus a suit uh, on TV? Does it? Do you feel different? Like you want to talk different? <laughs> do you button it up uh, verbally as well when you put on the suit? I don't think so. This is the point I'm trying to make. Okay, you know the old adage like you can't fix grandpa. Well, back to what you and me are. We we are what we are. You know what I mean? There's yeah. only one version of this. It's like Joe Biden would be a good example of that. There's not some other Biden they could send out to Maui. He's still going to make up a story about a house fire where he put a hot dog in his microwave or something weird. <laughs> and it's like that's just who the guy is. And I'd like to think we have that, but minus the dementia. We just have, right. you know, we're a good time version of that sort of thing. Yeah, we still remember each other's names for now. <laughs> for now, Jimmy. Someday I'll walk up and go. Yeah, so what's his name again? You know, <laughs> Listen, man, it, it is an honor uh, co-starring in the series finale of America with you. you know? Absolutely. We've I'm got, glad to be in the final we, season. We've got comedy and music, but now we can both say we started in the final season. That's not nothing. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank everybody listening for supporting yep. what I do. I have no record deal, publishing deal. I stepped away from the entire music mm-hmm. industry because mm-hmm. they wouldn't let me sing what I wanted to. Yep. Now I'm singing what I want to, and I'm sitting at number one on the iTunes chart, and so... 
Thank you for downloading that record, guys. I greatly appreciate it. And there's, there's got to be nothing more badass before we go than the fact that they're getting the straight dope from you. There's no editorial oversight. It's right. just, you know, Zero. so all of that creative latitude, do you find that it's easier to create because you're not mindful of barriers? A hundred percent, man. It yeah. would be like somebody editing your jokes. Yeah. You're going, I, have to, my, I think it's funny, but I have to make somebody else happy before yeah. I can say it. This is the freest I've ever been as a songwriter singer in my whole life. Oh, good for is you. right now, and that's why I think that's why this record's doing good. People are listening to it, going, "I like every song on this record." I'm like, right yeah, that's because a record label uh, didn't edit it. You know, <laughs> some lawyer didn't come down it's, and go, "You know, verse two. You're just hearing what I have to what I have to say and what I think, and uh, <laughs> the country truth, baby. That's what it's called. That God, we love it. Go buy two copies. You're the best, John Rich. Appreciate it. Back after this. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. We're going to be talking with Democratic strategist Kevin Walling in the next break. Nate Foy is going to be here as well. And, of course, a shout-out to the legendary John Rich back on the charts at number one. That's a big deal. I like I love talking to John Rich uh, for the simple fact that I love I love talking to creatives because they're honest. You know, in order to make something that works, whether it's a song, whether it's a joke, whatever it is, you're an author, whatever the hell you gotta do, you've got to find some type of a truth that people agree with. You know, that resonates with people. Like when you're at a comedy club, one of the funniest things you'll hear is like you'll be telling a joke on stage and somebody in the second row will be like, we were just talking about that on the way over here. There's a shared reality that we all inhabit. And I think the success of his album, no different than the Oliver Anthony album, you know, the Richmond North of Richmond or the Jason Aldean song, is these songs have a tremendous amount of upward mobility because they resonate with the truth we're all living in our lives. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, when you think about the Aldine song, what is he singing about? Thugs and robbers and rapists and murderers. Yeah, the crime rates are through the roof right now. Okay, John Rich speaking about, you know, people being offended or pretending to be offended and curtailing your speech rights, or even Oliver Anthony. And what's fascinating with all of these songs is they would have been almost considered liberal anthems 10 years ago because the left used to be the party of free speech and sticking it to the man on behalf of the little guy. And now they're sitting around telling you the little guy needs to shut up and put down his guitar. They're crazy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are back in action for a big hour with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America, your home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. It's a mess. 888 788 9910. If you want to be a part of the hour, that will also include Kevin Walling, who is a Former surrogate for the Biden 2020 campaign. He's, of course, a Fox News uh, regular. He just got off the outnumbered couch. And uh, he's going to come by and make the case that Joe Biden is ready to go for another four years. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. This is a heavy lift. Like, I like Walling. I get on with him. 
And, you know, one of the reasons I book Democrats on this show is I'm trying to create a world where we learn to coexist with people who disagree with us. I think on the right, we're pretty good at that because, like, you know, a lot of the things you're hearing out of the Democratic Party that you kind of laugh at, you're not necessarily threatened by the idea of someone telling you that, you know, men can have a baby. You know, you're kind of looking at them like, you know, come on, don't bullshit me. But it's it's kind of silly because we grew up around reality. I mean, if you watched Mr. Rogers 50 years ago, if you watched it 40 years ago, watch it 30 years ago, if you watched it 20 years ago, OK, when they were still airing the reruns by me. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. So when someone comes into your life and is like, no, no, I'm telling you. Men can have babies. You're like, you're a loony. You don't believe it. You don't feel threatened by it. You think it's ridiculous. But what the Democrats have done a good job at is weaponizing their ridiculousness because they take every form of disagreement and they repurpose it as a call to violence. We're now living in this world where some people believe speech equals violence. If somebody's telling you that with a straight face, like, oh, speech is violence, all they're really telling you is they've lived a privileged enough life to have never encountered Real violence. I think he's got a point. I mean, seriously, for all the times I got jumped driving a taxi, I never once said to myself, oh, wow, good thing they weren't using bad language. It's one thing to get punched or kicked or hit with a trumpet from a mariachi band. But heaven forbid the guy would have called me names, you understand. Okay, so the speech is violence crowd. Number one, most people are smart enough to know that's not true. But the other side of this coin is that a lot of people are weaponizing that outrage and that offense to get their way. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Okay, most people realize the difference between a joke and a hate crime. But the reason they were trying to say, I don't know, boycott Dave Chappelle is because there was currency to be gained by being outraged. We live in an era of incentivized outrage. I'm offended. Give me something. You dig? You guys aired a special. I didn't like it. I was watching a video on the potty in the break room. I'm not happy. We need to cancel this man. I should probably get a promotion because of, you know, all that I went through. It's ridiculous, you know. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. You know, it's, it's again, the, the divide in our society right now. It's a pretty simple one, man. Okay, there's a divide right now going on. There's a battle between victorhood and victimhood. Victorhood, you can do it. Be anything you want to be. You live in the greatest country in the world. And victimhood, which is, ah, it's the deck is stacked against you. They're out to get you. You know, this country's a systemically racist hellhole. You're never going to get ahead unless you vote for us. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. That whole thing. They're selling you government dependency. Victimhood. Okay, victorhood is I'll do it. I live in America. It's a land of opportunity. You know, we've got so much at our disposal. You can work as hard as you want to go as far as you want. Okay, but on the other side of this, what they're telling people is like, hell no, you can't. What, are you kidding me? Between the patriarchy, the racism and everything. No, no, just shut up. Shut up. Don't even forget about Barack Obama running on Yes, We Can 10 years ago. Think about that. Barack Obama ran on Yes, We Can. If he did that in the modern Democratic Party, they'd be like, who's this half white guy saying Yes, We Can? Easy for you to say you're half white. As for the rest of us, come on, man. A systemically racist hellhole. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But what's happened is 
we've cheapened the value of everything. Like nobody knows what constitutes racism anymore. We're crazy. Okay, just the same as no one knows what constitutes violence. A lot of people are confusing real violence for speech violence. And I think Trump's enduring appeal to a lot of people is that he didn't have a filter. Like he ran for president the way most people run for president of their fantasy football league. You insult everybody on the group chat. You call them names. You put them down. It's kind of refreshing when everyone's living their life through a 24-hour filter to hear a guy come down an escalator and be like, There's a slob. There's a real slob. But the problem for Trump is his say-anything mentality has landed him in some political hot water. And a lot of what people would tell you is, yes, this is, looks like a very much, to, be, to me, looks like a politically-minded persecution. That being said, he's still under four indictments. So as he's getting ready to surrender in Atlanta this Thursday, okay, he posts another Truth Social tweet where he is, you know, one thing about Trump, man. Remember the end of Scarface where he's like, say hello to my little friend. That is true. He's just firing away. Okay, Tony Montana is never not firing away. Here's the post. Can you believe it? I'll be going to Atlanta, Georgia on Thursday to be arrested by a radical left district attorney, Fannie Willis, who is overseeing one of the greatest murder and violent crime disasters in American history. In my case, the trip to Atlanta is not for murder, but for making a perfect phone call. She campaigned and is continuing to campaign and raise money on this witch hunt. This is in strict coordination with crooked Joe Biden's DOJ. It's all about election interference. A lot of people feel that way. Okay, but understand it's not without consequence for the Trump man. Like, I don't believe he's going to jail. As Bill Barr was saying on the show last week, very likely Trump gets found guilty. I mean, he's being tried on 91 different charges. There's a very good chance he gets found guilty, pays a bunch of fines. There's a very good chance this drags out past the point of the election. But the fact remains, when the general election rolls around, what we consider to be an attribute for Trump, which is rally around the flag, public enemy number one, the DOJ's coming after him, the intel community's coming after him, They're, he's been indicted in all these jurisdictions. People think that's like a badge of honor because if you're a devout you know, member of Trump's base, you do realize how corrupt the D.C. swamp really is. But in the general election, they don't necessarily pull a voting lever based on that reality. So you're going to get a different reaction. I want to play this because this is Brit Hume, okay, talking about the reality Trump faces when the primaries are over. Uh, it is clip six. In the general election, for Trump to win, he would have to win back over millions of voters who voted for Joe Biden. It's a little hard to imagine that indictments help that process. I mean, in a general. In, in a general. In the, in, the, uh, in the primary season, so far it seems to have done him no harm, and it may never do him any harm. But I think it's a killer in the general election. This guy will say anything. But he's not lying to you, okay? And that's the reality of the moment you happen to be living in. Trump is crushing, just crushing Ron DeSantis right now. DeSantis was supposed to be the guy. Huge electoral reelection, you know, huge landslide win in Florida, expanding his lead with women and Latinos and the suburbs. He's got all these policy achievements to speak to. This guy's going to come right in and take this thing. Wrong. Okay, it's been a little bit of a slow start, to say the least. The fact that they are, okay, speaking to Glenn Youngkin right now in major donor circles about the idea that he could get into the race. Believe me, if someone would have told the DeSantis campaign a year ago, no, no, this is how it's going to go down. You're going to launch on Twitter 
the site's going to crash. Your odds of winning the presidency are going to go backwards in Vegas. You're going to fire your campaign manager, and they're going to be talking to Glenn Youngkin about entering the race before you even make it to the first debate stage. That can't be good. That's all they would have said. That can't be good. And here's the reality. It's not good. So Trump skipping the debate. DeSantis kind of spoke about this. We took calls on this yesterday. A lot of people said he shouldn't go. He's got a big lead. He shouldn't give these little guys, you know, a chance to close the gap. I'm of that mind if you're looking at this like a sport. But if you're looking at this like a general election, and Britt Hume was speaking to this earlier, where you need to take millions of people who voted for Joe Biden, where you need to take millions of independents in order to win this thing, I think any opportunity for Trump to be out there contrasting himself against these other alternatives uh, is an opportunity he should take advantage of. One way or the other, here's DeSantis giving you his two cents, clip one. He has um, has a great opportunity to come out and, and do this. I think he owes it to people. Uh, I don't think our voters, even people that appreciate what he did, and I'm actually one that appreciated a lot of what he did, too. Uh, I don't think they're going to look kindly on somebody that thinks they don't have to earn it. So that's DeSantis. And he says, you know, Trump thinks this is a monarchy. He doesn't want to get in there and mix it up. And, blah, you know, I, listen, here's reality. Okay, you obviously know who Trump is. It's been around. It's been a, you know, been a public figure for the better part of three decades, which is why the hysteria that surrounded his entrance into politics was so laughable to a lot of rational observers. Yes, he didn't have a filter. Yes. He wasn't playing any conversational defense, but that wasn't like a new Donald Trump. That was the same Donald Trump we knew for 15 years as the host of Celebrity Apprentice. That was the same Donald Trump we knew when he was going on shows like The View all the time. The View was awful. Even Howard Stern, when Howard was the king of all media, before he got cranky and became the Prince Harry of all media, Trump was a fixture in polite society. Him getting into politics with no filter was treated as like, you know, we're all going to die. And they kind of, you know, they kind of started to believe their own hype on the left, that he was like an existential threat to the country. He's going to get us all killed. It's going to be illegal to be any member of any race aside from white. You're going to have to be a male. It's all the nonsense. And the truth is that hysteria has allowed them to justify doing just about anything in an effort to stop Trump, whether it was the Mueller probe, which they knew was started with no proof of Russian collusion. It was, you know, when you look at the Mueller probe now, based on what we know from the Durham report, it was oppo research bought and paid for by one of his political opponents. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. OK, but understand the process was the punishment. They could hang it over his head and impede his ability to govern. OK, that's what we find ourselves now. Like, and I'm not speaking to you as like some Republican operative. I'm speaking to you as a guy who's watching the country get destroyed. There is an appreciable decline in the quality of life in this country, no matter what color you are, no matter what you identify as, no matter who you happen to be, everything is worse under Joe Biden's rule. Whether you're talking about the cost of living, you're talking about crime, you're talking about fuel prices, okay, everything sucks. The border's out of control. We're in a bad spot. And what are they telling you? Ah, the climate. <laughs> Don't worry. I know you can't afford stuff. And you're afraid of getting mugged on the way to the bodega or the bogota, as Jill Biden calls it. But we're gonna we're gonna spend some cash on climate change. We're like, uh, okay, but we what the hell were you thinking? That pretty much sums up the entire Biden administration. What the hell were you thinking? You know. So if we talk about this as Americans, the conversation becomes not whether or not you love Trump, but who gives you the best chance to win 
in 2024. Because Joe Biden is not governing like our 46th president. Joe Biden is governing like he's our last president. Tell him like it is. He's terrible. Okay, for real, though. Like, just just awful. You know, all this doddering stupidity we saw in Maui yesterday. The only reason it's not like a bigger scandal is because we just accept it now. Like, I don't know, that's, that's what Biden does. He shows up, he makes up a story about doing a million miles on an Amtrak, talking to a conductor that died years before he ever boarded that Amtrak, <laughs> you know. Tells people whose whole island is burnt down that he knows what it's like because he once had smoke coming out of his oven after lightning hit a pond that used to be a lake while he was on Neat the Press. It's a mess. And we've kind of normalized that mess. But the challenge becomes how do you unseat Biden? Who gives you the best chance to do that? Trump would say it's him. And he would say he's being wronged. And that's fine. And you could agree with that. And I could agree with you that his prosecution is unprecedented in the 247-year history of the country. We've never indicted a president once, let alone four times. But when it comes time to win an election, what do you think gives you the best chance of doing so? A guy who's not going to stop talking about 2020, who is probably wrongly being persecuted by the criminal justice system, or somebody who brings the same policies and doesn't have all those ideas. Okay, and I think that's the divide we're facing right now. Trump would tell you he's an expert on literally everything. But I don't think the decision to skip the debate is an expert move. Introducing Ask Trump, the advice seminar from a man who's an expert on everything. Nobody knows the politicians better than I do. I know more about ISIS than the generals. Nobody knows more about campaign finance. Nobody knows much more about technology. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements. I understand the tax laws better than almost anyone. He'll take your questions on everything from baseball deals. Nobody knows more about trade than me. To children's gifts. Nobody has better toys than I do. Ask Trump can improve your vocabulary. I know words. I have the best words. Audiences enjoy it so much it feels like a religious experience. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Ask Trump is so successful the critics are going nuclear. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. Ask Trump, the fastest growing advice seminar in the country. Because nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Kevin Walling in the next break, Democratic strategist, guy who worked for Joe Biden in 2020. What an idiot. Biden's a mess, man. It's bad. Like when you start to hear the Jake Tappers of the world, the Chuck Todds of the world throw the challenge flag. OK, it's significant because what the Democrats realize is they're in the speak now or forever. Hold your peace portion of the wedding. OK. And when you've got a guy as historically unpopular as Joe Biden happens to be, there's a lot of folks obviously consumed with winning this thing that don't want to trot him back out there. The divide is. You know, Biden probably, if you're watching this, I don't think any objective observer thinks the guy's actually in charge. I think a Biden presidency is appealing to, you know, the bureaucrats in Washington for the same reason we detest it as regular Americans. Like, hey, this guy's not even running this thing. This thing's a joke. What are we talking about here? Okay, but they like that because they're able to exercise a lot more power behind the scenes with a Biden than they would if they had someone younger, you know, and that might be the concern with why he put Pamela Harris in the first place is every time Biden shakes hands with an invisible man, people go, oh, I don't know what you guys think. Probably time for the 25th Amendment. Should we go swear in Kamala? And everybody's like, no, God, no, God, please, no. 
nobody, I mean nobody, wants anything to do with Kamala Harris as your president. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. That being said, here is Chuck Todd talking about the reality Biden faces in the polls. It's clip 12. This stuff has taken a huge toll on him. You know, Biden, right before the 2020 election, he was right side up, which in our polarized politics is quite astonishing. But look, Trump and Rudy Giuliani began this campaign to try to tarnish Biden, to try to turn him into the Clinton name, you know, with the with the obsession over over the Ukraine businesses with Hunter. And it's worked. His numbers now look more like Hillary Clinton 16 than Biden 20. That was embarrassing. (laughs) Good for Chuck Todd. You don't have a clue. Seriously. Yeah, Biden, you know, before the election, he was right side up in the polls. But then Trump and Giuliani and... No, he's conveniently omitting inflation, the border, the Afghanistan troop withdrawal, the decimation of our strategic petroleum reserves. Okay, what happened to Joe Biden's poll numbers was something called Joe Biden. Bingo. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and if you've been watching this channel, you know there is a major TV event coming up on Fox News. We are, of course, talking about me hosting Fox News Saturday night, this Saturday at 10 o'clock. Thank you. We're going to work this out. Uh, But joining us now is a man who just stole the show on Outnumbered uh, and will undoubtedly be glued to the TV tomorrow night for some other Fox News TV. They just told me we're having a debate or something. I'm ready for the fireworks. Kevin Uh, Walling. The popcorn is popped. Is the popcorn popped? What do I have to do to get on your uh, Fox News Sunday Saturday night show? I was on with Kennedy the other week. What the heck? Well, that's probably why they hadn't booked you with me. Okay. All right. You know what I'm saying? They They probably try to rotate it. Yeah. The the sexual chemistry would be too much. It's a lot. Going from Kennedy to Jimmy. Yeah. It's you know, lot. it's a family show. Listen, there's no way your fiance will ever speak to you as affectionately who? As, as Kennedy who? does. Exactly. Who? No, we're even talking about me. Alex, here. who? Yes, like, you know, talking about Kennedy. On. Kennedy gives you some pretty syrupy, sweet She's intros. She's the dream. <laughs> well, she will be joining me if you're listening uh, in Vegas. We're at the Green Valley Ranch this Friday night. Where's my invitation for that even? Listen, Good you want to jump on a plane and come out, Walling? I'm going to do just that. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Walling is in studio. He, of course, uh, just got off the outnumbered couch. He is still repping Team Biden. Uh, even Somebody's at- got to do it. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, when you just walked into the studio, was the ground a little hot? <laughs> it was a little toasty. A little it's d- always toasty here. I mean, but it actually, it's a beautiful day in New York, yeah, funny enough. B- by New York standards? By New York standards. Yeah, no one's uh, we like passing New- out. New- well, you did, you, it's because you're too close to the building. If you <laughs> walk two blocks in any direction right now, I can show you anything, man. Like New- <laughs> That's what, what New York did well, because we have a lot of tourism is we just farmed out the appearance of debauchery, meaning it's not as it's not That's as why apparent. you're going to Vegas. That's yeah. why you're going to Vegas. Well, Vegas, it's accepted. Poor you know. Jenny. Poor Jenny. Jenny doesn't care. Are you kidding me? Did you get a free pass? You yeah. go wild and crazy? No, it's not the- that. Because I'll be back and forth because I have to host Saturday night. Yeah. So it's, like, it's kind of like a smash and grab. <laughs> <laughs> where you just get out there and cheat. But the less time I spend in Vegas, the better. Anyway. I mean, music to this Democrat's ears. I heard smash and grab, so <laughs> we're all about it. <laughs> Kevin, empty the prison's walling is in studio. Let him out. Let him out. If you're just joining us. Uh, we were told that the president's not going to watch the debate. It would be his worst nightmare or something like that. Is that only because it would require him leaving the beach? 
Uh, well, I thought you were going to say it's after his bedtime at 9 p.m. I thought tomorrow. that would have been easy. Uh, that's a, that, I think, that, that's I think like you're a stating the obvious, though. That's a layup. I think uh, you are stating the obvious. I'm sure he'll see the clips about it, but watch, he's not going to watch it live. Maybe he'll, he'll watch, watch the it highlights. Live. I don't know. It's two hours. I mean, this is the thing. I, I feel like they would need a translator. <laughs> I don't mean I'm not taking a shot at the president. I'm just saying there's two different languages being spoken. These guys are going to be talking about, like, border security. Crime, yeah. lower taxes. Yeah, we talk about that too. Do you though? Yeah, here and there. <laughs> when you're mocking the Republicans, all <laughs> exactly. oh, these people who want to secure the border, you believe them? Funding the police, unbelievable. Who, hey. are, these, who uh. are these clowns? <laughs> Kevin Walling in studio. If you're just joining us, so I wonder because we had this tour yesterday. I mean, he's on vacation again. And by the way, it's about time. Well deserved. Uh, listen, uh, have you ever had a job that came with the work balance of president of the United States? No, he has a tremendous work, work balance. Listen, acknowledge this when the left was losing their minds about Donald Trump going down to Mar-a-Lago and Mm -hmm. Bedminster every weekend and stuff like that. I said, let the president go away. Mm -hmm. You know, the presidency travels with the president wherever he goes. He's Mm -hmm. presidents are truly never on vacation. Not so not speaking as a dem who supports Joe Biden, but. uh You know, the presidency travels with them, and mm-hmm. they're lucky if they get four hours on a beach or something So like you're that. saying the bureaucrats who are running this behind the scenes are in Lake Tahoe right now? I'm saying the team travels with the president, and he <laughs> is in full <laughs> command of everything going on from Maui to I, Do you understand? This is crazy to me, but I, I don't know another human being who I've seen with his shirt off more than this president. Hey, let me tell you, he's looking, he's looking pretty— Pretty buff for eighty years old. Is he though? Yeah, I you, think so. I, I would like to look that. I would like to look that good at forty five. Do you remember when we gave Putin a hard time because he was like on a horse, but he had like packs? I mean, he's Putin. He's a dirtbag. I yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah. It's not you know. I was but, I was more taken with his gold chains that he wore around his neck. Putin. Uh, yeah, he looked well, like all, a gangster. All dictators at heart are gangster rappers. Oh, 100 percent. Every single one of them. Well, what are you saying look about the women? What are you saying the about money. Vivek then? Doing those raps. He's a gangster rapper. How about there's two things? Okay, Vivek, first of all, he rapped, which yeah. was absurd. I and get he went it. up in the polls yeah, after he did. that. People liked it. But then there was the video of him playing shirtless tennis yesterday. I saw that. I don't know what I'm I more. hearted that. I don't know. That. All right, I, I dig it. You see, I'm of two minds, okay? You got Vivek, who's clearly auditioning for the U.S. Open. But then you've gotten <laughs> Biden, who's turned our border into the U.S. Open. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. You gravitate more towards the open border guy or the shirtless tennis player. I gravitate more to Joe Biden. But listen, uh, Vivek, you know, he's got some – he had some fancy footwork uh, in that. I don't know who was hitting the ball back to him. He, uh, I know. He was really into it. Somebody was ripping shots yeah. over the net right yeah. there. Had to be a male tennis player. I'm kidding. Hey just hey taking shots. I'm just echoing Serena Williams' sentiments. Let me play you this. We're talking about the cultural divide in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm not – I don't know that you own the other side of this argument – but this is Serena Williams' clip from 2013. All I want to ask you is, would she get fired for this today? Could she say this? This is Serena Williams. She's on Letterman. And she was great friends with Andy Murray, and Andy Murray wanted to play her in tennis for, like, charity. Listen to her reaction. This is fascinating. For me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0 in five to six minutes, maybe ten minutes. Because it's, No, no they, it's true. Are, it's true. Honestly, it's a completely... Really. It's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster, and me and um, they they get they serve harder, they hit harder. It's just a different game. And I love to play women's tennis, and I I only want to play girls because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would not do the tour. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice. So Andy, stop it. Yeah. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna let you kill me. 
That is the greatest women's tennis player of all time. She would yeah. probably lose her Nike deal today, would she not? I don't know about that. Listen, I think she could have held her own. Uh, well, she doesn't. Out. Yeah, I know. Right? Come on, well, Walling. Kind of self-defeating stuff. Kevin uh, Walling's in studio trying not to get canceled. Uh, that, <laughs> it is a common occurrence with you on the with me joining your radio show every uh, every week. But is it not fascinating? This, because there is this this flashpoint moment right now where there's so many battles. I, I, in in a weird way, it's actually hurting DeSantis because mm-hmm. he's very invested in the culture war mm-hmm. stuff. And it isn't really popping outside of Twitter. And I think that's the problem. I think DeSantis is running to be president of Cat Turd. Yeah. You know, like the right-wing influence crowd. Yeah. And I don't think the country cares. No, I think I, you're right. I don't think they care. And that's what I think is so fascinating about tomorrow night is I think there's this element of it's Garfield minus Garfield because Trump might not show up, mm-hmm. which I think it's leaning that way. So there's going to be a fair amount of Trump talk. But I think if the Republicans were smart – they would have a hyper-focused, issues-based debate. Don't listen to Republicans coming from this Democrat. <laughs> no, but Jimmy, you're, like, you're right, right? Like uh-huh. our, our most recent Fox News polling showed that, what is it, 38% of, of, of Republican primary voters want uh, the economy as the number one issue, mm-hmm. followed by uh, the border and immigration at 11%. Mm-hmm. If you're not articulating a clear vision on the economy, right, and not talking about 2020 and revisiting all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, then you're not going to win that tomorrow night's debate. Yeah. Well, I think that's another good point. Kevin Walling is in studio, and this would even pertain to Trump. I don't think 2020 is a deliverable. No. You know, and um, but I think there's a percentage of him and his base that basically are running in 2024 because they think that proves 2020 was stolen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, relitigating that. But it's not really a deliverable. And that's what's fascinating is I think I think Biden, I think Democratic Party in a whole is in a particularly vulnerable spot. But I similar to the midterms, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone should be surprised if they got out of it with a win. Yeah. And I think the conventional thinking going into the midterms was what it was red wave. Right. But we we didn't have one. Yeah. So I think the Republicans need to have that that kind of call to Jesus moment right now where they need to realize, like, it starts immediately. Well, listen, and I think to your point, there's a disconnect between mm-hmm. what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis, woke, 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 all this kind of stuff in what people actually care about. And yeah. it's reflective in that poll I just mentioned. Folks care about the economy. Wages are going up. Inflation's coming down, mm-hmm. but not to the point where it needs to for a lot of people. And people uh-huh. are still struggling. Yeah. That's why the president's talking about Bidenomics mm-hmm. to the degree that he is and talking yeah. about everywhere he travels. He's talking about inflation coming down, yeah. investments in manufacturing. Is it breaking through? I don't know. It doesn't look like that. Yeah, the polling. But we need, to, we need to hone on that message. Yeah. And Republicans uh, should do that uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you're living if in. If they want to win. It's a, it's a precarious economy when someone's been forced to get a job selling cocaine in the White House. Like you know, hey you're living in now. a you know you're living in a bad America. Hey now, that baggie so, was there for free. <laughs> it was a giveaway. It was a giveaway. Well, they do get give away hooked. a lot of things in this party. Hooked. Hey now, if they'll give away college, what's we a you know what's an eight ball? People, they pull them up by their bootstraps. Let's talk as a Democratic strategist. I just want you to preview the Republican debate on a person by person basis. Who could you see? having a strong night in this crowd. If you're dealing with a Trumpless crowd, you got a DeSantis, you got Vivek might rap, Tim Scott's out there. Yeah. You know, eight people have made the stage. Listen, look, look, yeah, look at the optics. I, I think Nikki Haley is primed to have a, a breakout moment. She's the only like woman Like if you had to be a platform, surrogate for somebody on that platform, would it be Nikki Haley? It'd be probably Nikki Haley or Tim Scott, mm-hmm. mostly because their campaigns are run out of Charleston, South Carolina, <laughs> which is my second home in the best city in America. It is so So funny. that's the only reason why I would choose those Swamp's two. Swamp's just going to swamp. I love this guy because of the commute this is what the american people need right now amen come on down to charleston (laughs) but is that not how washington works as a whole sure 
<laughs> I, I admire the candor. Yeah, come on. I you was, always get me in trouble on this show. Now I do. Uh, we're talking to the great Kevin Walling, and we're having an honest discussion about tomorrow night's big debate on the Fox News channel, Brett Baer, Martha McCallum. It's going to be great. I, I, I'm excited to tune in as a Democrat. I think a lot of people are going to be flustered when they turn it on and realize I'm not co-hosting it. I'm I'm actually going to be disappointed that you are not. I think yeah, a lot of people, and I, I, at least during the commercial breaks, I'm hoping Fox, in addition to my commercial break appearances, will air some type of disclaimer <laughs> now that listen, I know the guy who went to community college might be expected to be here. <laughs> He's not going to make it uh, to ask them if they were a donut. What flavor would it be? You know, the hard hitting great question. <laughs> well, Martha was on the show last week. We were previewing the love, debate. Martha. And she's going to be great. As can I tell you something? Yeah. She's so great to do TV with because mm-hmm. it just bang. It just happens mm-hmm. fast. There's a back and forth. There's a matter of factness that I think makes her and Brett so specifically good at what they're doing. But one of the things we discussed was movies. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you like to, on some level, hear more questions about superficial things? Yeah. If only because it gives you a glimpse into the person. Yeah. Like they have a policy opinion down. And and again, to the the answers that are not staged too. Yeah. Like some of these guys are and gals are robotic. Yeah. And their responses have a genuine movie interest yeah. or book interest or, you know, who's your favorite musical artist you or know, whatever. And it's not going to be like uh, who appeals to white evangelical Christians of uh-huh. a certain denomination. Like, come on, yeah, just yeah. have an authentic moment. And well, to to well, your point, ask those questions because you want to know something. You can disqualify people. Based on these answers. And I'm not even talking about the movies. I'm talking about the response to the question. Like, if you say, like, what's your favorite movie? And someone goes, well, when I think of movies, I think of America. And I <laughs> yeah. think of that. And you're like, just get yeah. him out. No, no, he's gone. Yeah. That's not a real guy. I want a real guy. Well, you had who, you had Nikki Haley on not too. Yes. Weren't you guys talking about music and stuff like we that? Or what were you music. Guys, yeah. She got into yeah. rap with me and everything in between. Like, and that that's an authentic moment. Oh, Tim Scott that's will come talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. He'll talk about, you know, Rocky III is his favorite Rocky, which is a little controversial. Okay. But it's still, but it's a take. That's yeah. like an actual take. Yeah, yeah. He's not like, you know, my, my favorite movie is, you know, Born yeah. on the Force, something about America, you know? <laughs> no, he's, just, he's giving you a real take. And that's, that's why we love him. But I think those things are revealing. It's like part of what we do in radio that I I find helpful is because you have the latitude to have a 10 or a 12 minute conversation, Mm -hmm. you can get the person behind the policies. And I think if we had a better grasp on who these people are, Mm -hmm. I think it would be much easier to digest their policies. And I think as politicians, I think as an electorate, I think it'd be easier to coexist. If we could find that humanity, like nope, I, I, I think make, you're absolutely right. I hate, you know, what unites us so much better than what divides mm-hmm. us. I don't want to do that to you. But at the same time, I think we would benefit so greatly from a call to just chill out. And I don't think we can do that if we don't ever leave the Thunderdome of policy. Yeah. And that's where I think debate questions that bordered on music and stuff like that would actually be interesting. Yeah. And, and genuine interactions between the two of them. Right? And then the, most of them on there. So but I think, too, part of this, too, is like when I'm in studio with you, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't I doubt their aides came in with them. Tim yeah, Scott, yeah. And no. so it's like it's more intimate. Yes. Right. One on one with you in studio right now. Please keep your pants on during the entirety of this conversation. I just said intimate. No promises. Uh, but that, I think you get people a little unguarded. Well, I think, yes, yeah, and that's what you're going for. Yeah. And I think this is this show specifically is a hard interview to prepare for because we clearly don't prepare. <laughs> so it's like, how are you preparing? Like, what's your secret? What do you do? But I think in some in some regards, I think what people want to see in those moments, because it's in, these are instinctive answers, mm-hmm. and you get a real person. Yeah. You know, that's what I that's what I want to see more of. So did I, Martha say she was going to do stuff like that? She or may like... ask a movie question okay. or something like yeah. that, you know, and we'll get some interest. We're going to get some interesting answers. Well, plus you've got uh, you've got multi-generate like Vivek is 
I don't think he's 40 yet. No, he's younger. You've got Pence, who's probably 60. Like, you've got mm-hmm. different yeah. demographics with experiences and stuff like that playing off each other. I'd love to see that how actual funny, conversation. How funny if DeSantis is like, it's the Snow White reboot. <laughs> it's like a fraud. <laughs> he actually likes all Disney movies. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, <laughs> I like the new little live action Little Mermaid. I would put him. You know, yeah. Frozen 2 is a favorite of mine. Wouldn't that be so funny if you just blurted it out out of nowhere? That I would watch, Kevin Walling. You see, that's the joy of radio. You get real human beings. Exactly. Hopefully tomorrow night. And uh, I don't doubt they'll do a great job with this. Eight people. I think it's more manageable without Trump because it should be a little bit less of a food fight. But the one thing, and this is where I think tomorrow could go sideways, is you've got a lot of desperate caged lions on that stage. Because Mm -hmm. for a lot of them, this is the only debate they're going to make because the criteria gets tougher from here. And the fundraising money is going to dry up a little bit. Mm Because, like, when you hear people talking about Glenn Youngkin, you know, that's a bad sign for anybody. Yeah, too, in Georgia. If if you're getting ready to pass around the collection plate, and you're now hearing rumors about the Yunkins and the Brian Kemp's of the world. That's a bad sign. Yeah. You know, so I think a guy like DeSantis has to have the night of his life. I think you're absolutely right. And listen, like, all these folks are preparing for that breakout moment, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what questions are asked and, and what they field and stuff like that. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to, to, to watch. Yes. Certainly. And they got to be in fighting shape now because their odds are going up against Joe Biden. Well, and this for a lot of people, especially Republican voters, is the first interaction they're really going to see yeah. with an in-depth kind of conversation. Well, that's why I would say Trump should be there also, though, because this, is, his, absolutely this is also his chance to meet those independents and those you know Democrats he'd need to peel off. There's, I, I've talked to a lot of Democratic friends. They're going to be tuning in just because they're interested in yeah. what the other side is going to say, especially yeah. independents. This was a big mistake on Donald Trump's part. I agree. I think. I think he and he's a there. good debater. Yeah. Like, you look at his— you look at previous debates, and you know I'm not here out praising Donald Trump mm-hmm. uh, as a Democrat, but yeah. he's a pretty effective guy on that yeah. debate stage. You know, especially coming in as a former president. Yeah, you know? no, he's got heat. I mean, and no, and to be clear, no one's Joe Biden. We get that. Okay, Amen. you get someone first, first that fierce and that first sharp. There's something about the way he quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's done. It just throws <laughs> you off your game as a debate. You know what I mean, Kevin Walling? But we love having you. I will be in front of the TV with you tomorrow night in some capacity. I can't wait to watch. The great Kevin Walling, ladies and gentlemen. Get him out of here. Get him out. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. How about Kevin Walling? who also says, as a Democratic strategist, that Trump should debate. Wrong. The risk Trump is running, I'm just telling you this, is everybody on that stage tomorrow night is going to agree with every one of his policies. So you're giving most of the country the opportunity to see his policies minus the baggage. That's the risk he's running. So if I was him, I'd want to be there slugging it out. But again, I don't run his campaign. I barely run this show, my goodness gracious. But in the next hour, Nate Foy is going to come by. We're going to have a grown-up talk about what they're trying to say is the return of masks. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Growing number of colleges as kids go back to school mandating vaccines. And now we've got Paramount Studios out in Hollywood maintaining uh, that we need to bring back the mask mandate. Which, I got to be honest with you, is just... This is ridiculous. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Did masks work the first time around? The answer would be no. 
No. The only thing the mask was successful in doing was telling you you were dealing with a crazy person. That was it. You're like, oh, that guy in the car by himself with the mask on. He's nuts. That's true. That is true. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Buckle up, girlfriend. We've got an embarrassment of riches on Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Not only is cable news super hunk Nate Foy stopping by to discuss the return of a potential mask mandate, which I got to be honest with you, a bit of a scam, if we're going to tell the truth. But we were also going to make some broadcast history as today uh, here on Fox Across America. We have now officially I didn't jinx it last night. We have officially joined the superstar lineup at KFTK out in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, girl. And you need to know it is a high honor. Like high. Like, I feel like I sat next to Hunter Biden on a plane, got a contact high. Hunter's a dirtbag. But uh, it is a high honor to be joining the lineup at KFTK. I was on with Mark Reardon last night. Uh, we talked before I went on the air uh, on KFTK about the fact that I'd be joining that illustrious lineup. Mark Cox, Annie Fry, and all those, all the whole barnyard jamboree. And uh, I did, in fact, hear it last night when the show made it to the airwaves. You know, you could have told me we were being punked to be added to such a legendary stick. Uh, But there we are. So if you're out there in St. Louis listening for the first time, welcome. Some of you might recognize me because I was in St. Louis at Bush Stadium this summer with Jenny and Lincoln watching the Yankees. We were filming a package for Fox News when I was hosting the 4th of July special. And then we went over to Big Chicken at Bush Stadium. and That boy is a P-I-G pig. That's pretty much how they describe me. <laughs> we ate our way through a weekend at Bush Stadium where there was a rain delay in just about every game that was played between the Yankees and the Cardinals. But we did break a state record for calorie consumption in St. Louis. So much so that Fox has brought back the guy from the wardrobe department that follows me around the building, smacking the food out of my hands. Put that cookie down now! But as you know, uh, I have an affinity for the 314 area code. Not just St. Louis itself, but Wentzville, because it's the home of the late, great Chuck Berry. I'm a huge Chuck Berry guy. He invented rock and roll, and you can still go see his house in Wentzville on the National Register of Historic Places. So to be broadcasting there day in and day out, it's actually a big deal. Like, I'm going to try not to get emotional and drag down the show, uh, but if you are listening for the first time in St. Louis, this buds for you. Uh, no buds, nothing being handed out to the people trying to bring back the mask mandates. But this is a real story. Like, I thought this was a fake story today when I got out of bed and read this. But apparently in places like Hollywood, Lionsgate's films, and even down in Atlanta at Morris Brown College, we have people pushing for the return of the masks. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? We are living in the dumbest time there has ever been to be alive. There's never been a dumber time than right now. It's one of the reasons I feel qualified to do a nationally syndicated talk show all over the world as I get on the air and I realize I'm surrounded by so much stupid that the bar isn't really that high. You know, there was a time in this country where a guy like me who drove a taxi 
and went to community college, okay, would not have been qualified to talk to millions of people on a daily basis. But then you see who we're electing to office. Oh, my goodness gracious. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. It is a flat-out stampede of stupidity in Washington, D.C. I mean, it starts at the top. Biden sucks. But even so, I mean, you look at your vice president. Kamala is a lying sociopath, fact-checked. But then everyone in between, you know, if you were to really think about it, just right on down the ladder. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Yep, and then even here on a local level, who do we have, AOC? AOC is a dope. Of course she is. And then there's the great Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is a clown. This could go on for days. Okay, but we'll head down to Georgia, uh, the home of uh, Governor Stacey Abrams, by the way. Stacey Abrams is full of Totally. But Morris Brown College, private liberal arts school, now requiring students and employees to wear face masks in hallways and lecture halls for two weeks due to reports of positive cases among students. Now, I'm going to be honest. If you're going to your freshman year of college at a liberal arts school, there are much worse things to catch than COVID. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> COVID, if you're partying at a liberal arts college, COVID is not a top 10 virus to worry about catching on campus. I think he's got a point. Okay, but what's happened with COVID, and you know this if you were paying attention, is it hasn't been about controlling the virus. It's always been about controlling the people. It hasn't been about science. It's been about political science which is why during the pandemic itself, a guy like Dr. Fauci took more positions on COVID than the nurses did on Pornhub. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But think about this. This is the mask science. You know, people always say, oh, the science is settled. Follow the science. Here's Fauci, the patron saint of public health initiatives on masks. Tell me if you know what to do. Tell me if you end this minute and seven seconds I'm about to play you. Knowing how to feel about masks. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, And you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. (laughs) My goodness. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. I mean, if you followed that, I don't know how you could, but if you follow, it it was all over the map. No masks, some masks. I can't believe it's not masks. But did anyone give us data on whether or not masks work? (laughs) Actually, I have to correct you because the New York Times did issue a report three months back stating what we all knew to be true, which is that there's no conclusive proof the masks did anything. Oh, wow. So you understand when you start to hear things like, oh, you know, small liberal arts schools bringing back masks. Okay, that's the beginning. Lionsgate. 
out in Hollywood now requiring people to wear masks again amidst the spike in COVID cases. Hollywood, another place where if you're hanging out, you got a lot of germs to worry about on the streets of Hollywood that aren't COVID. But again, a lot of these public health initiatives don't come with any plan or means to control the virus. It really is about controlling the people. And as you inch closer to the 2024 election, it's funny because this has been the one drumbeat on social media out of the Republicans. It's like, oh, you wait. There'll be another COVID variant just in time to shut down traditional voting and everything in between. And I understand that sounds like a skeptical way to live your life. But if you saw how wrong, yet how tribal COVID initiatives were at the height of the pandemic, you'd realize why no one can trust public health initiatives ever again. I mean, understand the vaccine mandate, okay, to be clear, okay, was something we were promised we would never have. Okay, we're not going to do it. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory. But Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, That is the role that institutions, private sector entities, uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. Also, local communities uh, are going to take steps they need to take. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. You are so full of Because that same Fauci turned around and mandated the vaccine. That's just how white folks will do you. And along the way, did they give us any data that the vaccine was stopping transmission? The answer would be no. Vaccinated people not only got and spread COVID, but sadly, they died from getting vaccinated. But this became such a hyper-partisan tribal battleground that they were not only willing to fire you from your job, deny you the right to go out to dinner, go to the store, go take in a movie that they were now on board with public shaming campaigns. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, shaming him. Screw these people. Screw your freedoms. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And to be clear, it was nice to see him taking time out from screwing something besides the maid. But the point is, okay, there's a stampede of self-righteousness. There's a moral superiority that the left kind of runs on in this moment, and it's so destructive to the well-being of the country. You know, when you start to hear things like, ah, oh, mask mandates are coming back, or we're starting to push more vaccine mandates, it's nothing to do with the virus because the only data we have shows us the vaccine does not stop the virus from spreading. Just the same as the only data we have shows that masks did not have an impact on controlling the spread of the virus, number one. Number two, they screwed a lot of people up socially. A lot of kids missed verbal cues, didn't get a normal chance of going to school. Not to mention all of those people that were duped by the mask. You fall in love with somebody because you think they look gorgeous with a mask on. Then they take it off six months later and... You got tricked by the mask. There's a whole dating app out there for that by now. (laughs) There should be. (laughs) Like plenty of masks. And, you know, the truth is, I'd be on board with any of this if I thought it worked. 
but every piece of empirical data we have shows us that it didn't. So when you hear things like, ah, oh, you know, they're talking about it on planes, talking about it in Hollywood, they're talking about it in colleges, they're not saying that with controlling COVID in mind. They're saying that with controlling you in mind. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon broadcasting for the first time in our illustrious history on the legendary 97.1 FM talk KFTK in St. Louis. Hey, girl, that's a hot ad for this show. Uh, joining me now to celebrate, he is in Longview, Texas, listening in on KTBB. Chris has some COVID insight. Yo, Chris. Jimmy, what's going on, brother? My man. So what do you know? You know something? Are you over in the lab with Fauci? What's happening? Oh, well, no, no, not nearly that. Um, my curiosity is uh, the new uh, variant, the name Aries, um, you know, is that just more than just a coincidence? Or is it something that kind of lends itself to, you know, Something more ominous, being that it's the the Greek goddess of strife and discord. I mean, Whoa, that's deep analysis. I don't yeah, have anything okay. to offer, Chris. As you, the only doctors I know are Dre and Pepper. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you're you're well beyond my pay grade. I know the rapper and the soda. I don't know what to read into that. But are you saying this is some type of hellfire for the 2024 election cycle? It very well may be. I mean, first we had COVID, right? That's the lab-made stuff. And then we went to the Transformers with Omicron, you know. And I don't know who, <laughs> who, who's on the, uh, on the, on the pay, uh, pay list there that comes up with these names. I mean, are they sitting around drinking slits and, you know, and, and you know, like. <laughs> hey, like, <laughs> you, you, leave my, you leave my producers out of this. Schlitz is a fine beer. And, yes, they are drinking, sitting around drinking slits. But look at the fun show it gives you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, listen, I'll make some phone calls. I'll let you know if Fauci gets back to me on your theory, okay? Good stuff. Uh, Jim is in the Lake of the Ozarks. Yo, Jim. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, what's that guy got against Schlitz? That's good beer. (laughs) Schlitz is solid, right? (laughs) I stand by the purchase. I'm with you. Hey, so I'm going to play devil's advocate and uh, the devil being Fauci, obviously. (laughs) And... uh, you know, you've got to give him the, the benefit of the doubt on these uh, clips that you put together where mm-hmm. he says one thing and then he contradicts himself on the other. Uh-huh. Because really, during the course of this uh, COVID outbreak, they were learning as they went. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, they, oh, we don't think this will work. That won't work. And later on, they find out it does. And then they find out, well, maybe it ain't that great. So 
it makes for good radio. But on the other hand, really, possibly, uh, they didn't know exactly what was working, and they were just throwing stuff out there. Oh, I agree that they didn't know what was working, 100%. I'll be interested to see, because Rand Paul has referred him uh, for prosecution for lying under oath. I don't think it's actually going to go anywhere. But Fauci, to be honest with you, was following political science a lot more than real science because oftentimes the science can't change as quickly as the opinion can. So I can absolutely, in the fog of war, give everybody the benefit of the doubt in the fact that it was built, they were building the plane as they flew it. Uh, but the cracking down on our freedoms, I would say, is never justified, especially if we're both going to sit here and admit they didn't know whether or not it would work. You know, So that's the one thing I can't get behind. But I appreciate the analysis, as always. Guys who listen on K. RMS, you're talking about the voice of the lake out in the Lake of the Ozarks. These are good people, you know, friends of Cowboy Ken and the gang. The LOZ doesn't mess around. Uh, but the point is, uh, we're talking about Fauci and the return of masks, and we shouldn't be. And I think that's the frustration a lot of people have right now. Where this might benefit a guy like Ron DeSantis is the fact that we're revisiting the one area where he probably did his best job as a leader. Like if Fauci, oh, Fauci, but if that became a topic at a debate, you know, you'd probably argue that DeSantis did a better job of handling COVID than just about anybody out there. You know, out in the Dakotas, obviously, we could have that conversation. And certainly we'd talk about Greg Abbott in Texas and Brian Kemp down in Georgia, guys who decided not to let the government take away everybody's freedoms and cripple their economies along the way. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. A hundred percent. One of the biggest liabilities Trump has is on COVID. I mean, Trump left office by pinning a medal on Anthony Fauci during his last week in office. So it's hard to turn around and be like, yeah, screw the COVID response, screw Fauci, screw the vaccine, because those are some of his signature moves. And I think in the fog of war, people have kind of distanced Trump from a guy like Fauci. But Fauci, for all intents and purposes, hijacked the Trump presidency there towards the end. The fact that the DeSantis didn't listen to him is a gold bar for him. Uh, but DeSantis has been pulled in a million other directions. So we'll see what they do tomorrow night. And we will discuss it. We'll preview it with cable news super hunk Nate Foy, a rising superstar reporter here on the Fox News media platform, a guy that tells it like it is when we come back on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. Welcome back to Scared at Five. I'm Don Deathly. Sue Strangler is in for Don Dronum. Take it away, Sue. Is there a 45-foot boa constrictor living inside your household plumbing? And does it have COVID? It's a long story, and we'll unravel it later. But first... Do Instagram filters cause cancer? And do the filters have COVID? It's hard to picture, but there's no airbrushing the fact that it's possible. We'll have the photo finish around the corner. But first, can microwave popcorn give you a... And does Ebola have COVID? We'll have a kernel of truth in seconds, but first... A public service announcement about the brain-killing parasite that could be in your drinking water. And if it does kill you, could your coffin have COVID? Find out next on Scared at Five, your home for news so good it's terrifying. 
Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon broadcasting, of course, for the first time in our history on the legendary 97.1 FM KFTK out in St. Louis. They're scaring people around the country with the potential return of COVID. And I can relate to that fear because under normal circumstances, booking a Yankee fan and a Boston Red Sox fan in the same studio might be a scary <laughs> prospect. But our station has kind of gone the way uh, of a lot of the COVID data. And both the Yankees and the Red Sox are teetering on last place are they not Nate Foy they're both pretty bad the Red Sox I think are a little bit better but they're both (laughs) bad enough that the rivalry doesn't really mean that much right now Nate Foy is here Fox News multimedia superstar and matinee idol uh commenting (laughs) on the fact that yes both the Yankees and the Red Sox are playing baseball the way Fauci did remember when Fauci threw out that first pitch yeah and uh, to his credit made sure nobody caught anything I mean it was was a 50 cent level of first pitch hey the Red Sox and Yanks don't look too different right now that's what I mean. It's so bad. But uh, so, so we come in peace today uh, for everyone listening around the country. Foy and I are back on good terms. The rivalry has kind of been put out to pasture for the remainder of the season. For now, yeah. But there is on a small scale, and I know we have other stuff to get to, there is still some semblance of appetite. I don't think it's a big appetite, but there are still people holding on to COVID. When I was a kid, I had a blanket. I used to walk around with a blanket and sniff it. I would say up to like, seriously, like fifth or sixth grade. It's like a whoopee. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I see that in the mask with some people. Do you still see a mask on in, when somebody's driving and stuff from time to time? Oh, yeah. You see people with masks while they're driving or walking in open air, like the one place that it makes <laughs> very, very little sense, if any sense, <laughs> to, to be weird. wearing a mask. I, I think for some people it's just a sense of comfort. It, yes. It's familiarity. It's the blanket. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's a whoopee. And I think there's two things in play. I think one is that, like you said, that sense of security or comfort or whatever you might conflate it with. And I think for other people, too, I think it is like a left-wing MAGA hat because some people wear it in New York. Like, ha-ha. It is definitely a way to signal your politics in some ways. And then there's definitely people that are just of the belief that it's better to be safe than sorry. And perhaps they have, you know, some medical complication and, and they aren't so against the negative side effects of wearing a face mask like we've seen with you know some kids in school and, yeah. and, and stuff like that stunted socially but let's even get superficial okay there's also this reality that a lot of people during the pandemic fell in love with someone who they thought was a lot better looking than they were in the <laughs> office. <laughs> then, then the mask came off at the six-month mark. You're like, whoa, yeah. hold on now. I've been duped. I'd like a refund That's why here. Halloween is such a dangerous holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't they have a dating app, though, called Plenty of Masks? Everybody's oh, a nine. Goodness. You can just yeah. pull off some eyes. <laughs> One eye. Even. You're fine. You're a nine on Plenty of Masks. Uh, Nate Foy is in the house. And, yes, whatever you want to do with a mask is a wise man once said to each his own. Uh, sadly, that man was fired for gendering the statement. He's no longer employed. Uh, but I bring up gender politics because the story I just saw you cover on America Reports, uh, this is in regard to New Jersey? Correct. Yeah. So just to give them some overview and then you could just take it away. Yeah. Okay. To the best of my understanding, what we're fighting over in the school system in New Jersey is whether or not schools should be divulging to parents that their child is pursuing some type of gender transition. Is that where this starts? Pretty much, yeah. And, and just to have a transition here with, yeah. with, with the COVID policy, I was speaking to a lot of parents in New Jersey. It was during COVID that they realized how little they knew about what their child was learning at Good school. Point. And these kids also went through just such a crazy time period imagine being like a fifth grader Mm -hmm. and having to wear a mask with all the isolation that comes with it all your after school activities canceled and then now gender identity is at the forefront for elementary schoolers and and parents have a problem with that so right now 
in New Jersey, if you're a parent and your child wants to make an official request to change genders, the school is not required to tell the parent. Think about that. And then, yeah, and then three school districts made amended policies that ran counter to that where they did want to require teachers to tell parents. And it came after an assessment of the individual child's circumstance and to see if there was any documented physical abuse or emotional abuse. If it was deemed safe, the parents would then be brought into the discussion. The state attorney general, Matt Platkin, sued those three districts, claiming that it violates the state's anti-discrimination law and that the policies put trans kids' lives at risk. And a judge, a superior court judge, granted an injunction that the state wanted to block these policies temporarily Uh for the upcoming school year. So it's two weeks away. So the state policies will be in place as this case plays out, which could take years. Now, the judge's decision is not a final decision. And these districts are all signaling. They haven't confirmed yet, but they're signaling this fight is is far from over and they're going to go through the the appeals process. I would hope so, because the one thing about it as a parent um, is the state should never be getting between you and your kid. Okay, I understand if there's an isolated incident where we truly did believe somebody was in danger, then, of course, you want to look out for that kid. But they did such a bad job of looking out for kids during the pandemic. I don't know how you could hand them final cut, as we say in the film business, uh, when you look at like test scores and the quality of education in the country right now. I don't think they've earned the right to say they know better than we do. And that concerns me. And then there's just this other weird duality to this, Nate Foy. It's like if you were in New Jersey, you wanted to go on a permission slip to see the Statue of Liberty. Or if you wanted to go on a school trip, you'd have to get a permission slip from your parents. Yeah. But you're telling me if you wanted to become Lady Liberty, no permission slip? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. That seems a little off. If you want to take medication for a stomachache, yeah. you need to have parental yeah. consent. Um, and and from speaking with the Middletown um board president, he believes that the state doesn't even understand his policy because after the hearing, uh, Platkin, the attorney Mm -hmm. general in New Jersey, put out a statement explicitly stating that these policies don't take into account a specific student's circumstance, which they definitely do. Yeah. Um, so, So he feels that the policies are misrepresented. Both sides essentially are arguing that they're trying to keep these kids safe, Uh uh, which is the interesting part of it because, you know, the the state is arguing – if you single out these transgender kids, you're putting their lives at risk if they come from a home that isn't ready to accept them. Mm-hmm. And the the districts are saying, well, hold on. If my child is in this vulnerable population where the suicide risk is higher, mm-hmm. I want to know so that yeah. I can possibly get them mental health treatment and, mm-hmm. and, you know, do all the things that I can possibly do to make things better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the two sides in this argument seemingly are continuously talking past each other. It would seem that way. Nate Foy is in studio. If you're just joining us, one of the biggest problems I think a lot of people have with this is based on our own life experience, our own lived experience, if you will, growing up, any conversation that began with don't tell your parents didn't usually have the kid's best interest in mind. Yeah. So just on that level. But it's weird because you're right to say they're talking past each other. My frustration, especially when it comes to gender ideology is we're often framing disagreement on the issue as a call to violence. Like, if you don't want biological men swimming against biological women, it's like, well, that's hate speech. You want to kill these people, which couldn't be any further from the truth. Okay, if you're a transgender person listening to the show, nobody hates you. Unless you're one of those people who has speakerphone conversations in public, in which case we all hate you, but not because you're trans, because you're annoying. You yeah. have nothing to do with your ideology. You could be a Republican or Democrat. No one wants the guy talking on speakerphone in public. Nobody. And they're never having interesting conversations, by the way. Yeah. It's never like the Dosicki's most interesting man in the world. Never. Having that conversation. 
conversation. It's just like, I'm getting a soda. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like, why do I have to listen? <laughs> but to get past that, I do think when you talk about vulnerable segments of the population, this disingenuous thing where we characterize speech as a call to violence, I think if you are dealing with a higher rate of suicide in your community, I don't think we're helping you by telling you disingenuously that everybody hates you and wants you to die. Don't you think on just a basic level we could dial that back a little? Oh, definitely. And and I think sort of how polarizing this issue and so many issues have become on a political level, it it often is not reflected in how people actually feel. Yes. And uh, that, according to this new poll that actually is out this morning from Monmouth University, it shows exactly that, that eight in 10 parents in New Jersey disagree with the state's policy. That's fascinating. So isn't that wild? Yes. That the state policy... 80, 81% of parents disagree with it, and it applies across all political parties. So over, wow. I'm just off the top of my head, I think it's over 80%, over 90% of Republicans, over 80% of independents, and over 60% of Democrats disagree wow. with the state's policy. And, and yet we're still here. Yeah. And I've never seen that. This is, I think, very unique to our era in that in generations past, the government would at least tell you what you wanted to hear and then maybe misrepresent your interests. Yeah. But on this level, they're not even telling you what you want to hear. They're like, no, this is what we're doing. It honestly is is difficult to understand. I, yeah. I, I've spoken with a ton of parents, and, and anecdotally, my experience matches up with what we're seeing from this Monmouth University poll. Last week, I was at the court hearing before the, the judge's decision came down. Over 100 parents are there supporting the school board. These people tell me that they elected school board members to represent their values. And if the state is going to run the school, then why does the school board exist? Isn't that nuts? We're talking to Nate Foy. Uh, we're way too much logic for the world we live in, by the way. <laughs> it's so it's nuts, though. There's never been a dumber time to be alive than right now. What I don't I, disagree. What, yeah, you just you look around <laughs> at the world. You're like, wow, this is an actual stampede of stupidity. And I just think that's a thing now. And I think what's happening in this, I, I blame so much of this on, on the cell phone, I, on social media, Yeah, is that everything has to have a side now. You know, it has to have a side. And sometimes the fact that everything comes with a built-in point of contention makes us kind of look past our own interests. Like the compass is off. Like we certainly prioritize words more than deeds now. Like I think we talk about the Jason Aldean song. We brought this up earlier. It's like, I don't care if you like the song. Who got one way or the other? I don't like sit around listening to it. But I don't think the guy singing about stopping the violent criminals should be the ire, you know, the eye of the storm here. I think we should be doing more to stop the violent criminals. Yeah. But he kind of caught more heat than any individual criminal is ever going to, which I mean, is weird. I, I feel like the messenger is, is now even more important than the message. Yes. It, it, it's just, you know, if the same person mm-hmm. that maybe, you know, the left liked yeah. said something similar it would have a very different response. And the same goes for people on the right. The, yep. the, the, the messenger and mm-hmm. the message, uh, it, the, the messenger really seems to matter more than the message. So um, in social media, mm-hmm. I think people are also just an echo chamber. So that's pe- what it is. People are convinced that they're right, no matter what side of the argument they're on. And they have thousands of people that seemingly agree with them. So they're getting the evidence that they're looking for. Yeah, they are. And then when people go out into the normal world, not everyone agrees. <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah, and, and it's a it lot is. different I always in say, person. It's a great point, Nate Foy. I always say, like, Twitter is a fight club for people who don't want to get hit. That is very <laughs> accurate. Just go on and argue and score your little digital dopamine because you know yeah. what they'll gobble up and give back Behind to a keyboard the- with a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have a real profile picture. This is unbelievable. But that's where I think everyone needs like a national timeout. 
uh, because I feel like we've just been on the playground too long. You know, when you ever been to a playground, and the kids are just they've been out in the sun too long and. Now they're just arguing and telling on each other. And yeah. you, you're like, who wants ice cream? you got to get them out of there. Yeah. I, I don't know how we get out of there. Well, in the real world, there's also accountability. Yeah. I, I, I used to play ice hockey. And if yeah. someone, you know, pokes your goalie after the whistle, you lay them out. Yeah, yeah. Next time they don't do it. Hey. Whereas now uh, on social media, there's very little, if any, accountability. So <laughs> I'll people unfollow are just, you. Yeah, people are just <laughs> running wild with no repercussions, free to say ridiculous things. Even they think uh-huh. oftentimes it's ridiculous. Yeah. They're just trying to win an argument. That's a great point. Nate Foy wants to pack the foil and play some old-style hockey. Let's do it. Get out there. Bring back like you know, a, a mild level of street fighting. We're not encouraging <laughs> violence on any level. Uh, no, we are not. But Definitely we do, not. But we do think we're at a, at a place in a society where the, the relationships become a little too contentious. Last example I would give you on this, which is fascinating. We did this on Fox & Friends this morning. So Guy has this big viral hit, Oliver Anthony, speaking about the rich men north of Richmond. Goes yeah. big. And of course, he's now getting hammered on certain sites. It's like, oh, it's a conservative anthem. But what's really weird about how the world has changed is his song would have been a left-wing folk song during the Occupy Wall Street movement. The rich guys are selling us out, stomping on the little guy. Yeah. And now somehow he's just being framed as like a right-wing vigilante. Yeah. Shouldn't sometimes we just have a story like we don't need a side? Like the guy was like living in a car with three dogs. Shouldn't we just let him go be a star and not care? Yeah. You know, I I think that it's one of those things. That song from – I've listened to it a couple times. It's Uh it's mostly based off – there is political commentary, but it's also based off his personal experience. Uh Uh-huh. And we should be able to respect everyone's yeah. personal experience. I mean, there are songs that say ridiculous things that mm-hmm. aren't political, yeah. a lot less ridiculous things <laughs> than are said in that song. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think also in general the the, the conservative base – feels underserved yeah, that makes um, sense. in in media mm-hmm. Definitely. and uh because of that you know the sound of freedom movie yeah. did really Pops. really well and mm-hmm. and this song is doing really really well but but also you know being against child trafficking yeah. Yeah. and and the lyrics in this song they're not hugely political yeah. but with the way that the discourse has shifted they've mm-hmm. become political yes so I think we end where we started. There's never been a dumber time to be alive. <laughs> I think our thesis, we, I, we, we, ha- we had to have gotten an A for this. I mean, I went to community college, so. so by community college standards, the fact that we have pants on gets us at least a B plus. I was in communication school. Oh, wow. Yeah, ma- majoring in communication. It's, it's too easy. My, my dad was not happy with the questions on, on the test in college. <laughs> be my, how do you order a rum and Coke? Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. There was some real, real adverse situations in the classroom. Uh, Nate Foy, this was epic. We'll do it again. Cool. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, in the bottom of the ninth on this here radio program. What a day. It's been a crazy week on this show. We, of course, launched on a bunch of fascinating new stations, KTUC, Freedom 1400, Conservative Talk for Tucson, Hey Girl, and Dirt Road Radio Delta Sin in Pine Haven, Wyoming, and Belfouche, South Dakota. That matters. And, of course, we are wrapping up our inaugural address to the KFTK listeners on 97.1 FM out in St. Louis. Uh, 
I have to tell you, man, everybody who adds this show sticks around for conversations like the one we just had with Nate Foy. You are helping the country. And I'm not saying that because I'm any good at this. I'm not saying that because I have answers. I don't have answers. And that's the big contribution that I'm making to this fabric of this society is that it's one of the last few places where you can actually do a talk show. You can agree to disagree. Do you remember agree to disagree? That's something we did when I was growing up. Nowadays, if someone disagrees with you, you're like, he should be behind bars. No, he shouldn't because it's America. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. Do you remember that whole thing, this whole idea? Freedom! We used to do that, and you could still do that. Just take the edge off. That's what I say. Fox Across America is not a call to arms. It's not a daily rally like, let's get them. It is a call to the fridge. It's a call to the couch. It's a call to the backyard. That's essentially what we're after in this world. Okay, you see me on TV. I'm on all the time. I'm hosting Fox News Saturday night this Saturday. Okay, wish the hair and makeup team luck because I was eating quite a bit over the weekend. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> Pizza. God rest the late great John Candy's soul. He's the best. Uh, this show is over. Pay up. Get out. I'll see you on the TV. But either way, be a Republican. I say it every day. Be a Democrat. Be a Libertarian. Be an Independent. Be a member of the Whig Party. All we ask is that you don't be a... Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.